Hi, thank you for joining us. I'm Charlotte Wood, and I'm podcasting from the Bondec Montessori in Sioux Falls, South Dakota. Today, we're talking about a Montessori phrase that gets used a lot, and we thought was probably worth a little bit of a definition. The word has a lot of emotional connotation. We might even have our own baggage surrounding this word. We probably make assumptions when we hear this word. Some of us bristle when we hear this word. Some of us love this word. It's discipline. Discipline is tough. It's one of those words and even one of those concepts that we're always growing into. Sometimes when we think of discipline, we think of possibly unpleasant memories of our childhood or times when we might have been unpleasant. Discipline as harsh or discipline as timeout or discipline as getting in trouble, even though if you had been able to explain yourself, your parent or teacher or babysitter or older sibling just would have seen things your way and then that discipline wouldn't have been necessary. We make assumptions about our own understanding of words, especially emotional words, and often apply these when others use them. And we use the word discipline frequently. And we always say it with a bit of joy and a bit of glee, discipline. It's this wonderful phrase. It's this wonderful concept. And so we thought this would be a really good opportunity to talk about what does discipline mean when we use the word discipline in Montessori? What is that? Does that mean we we think with glee and with joy about punishment or that this is a good thing, that we look forward to doling out timeouts the way some people give out M&Ms? No. Discipline is important, and it's valuable, and we see it acted out every day in the classroom. But rather than assuming that everyone knows what we mean when we say discipline, we thought we'd give a little bit of a definition, and maybe it'll help you rejoice in discipline as well. Discipline isn't a destination. It's a journey. Discipline is something we're always evolving into. Like anything in Montessori, once we get to that level, we level up. Once we get to that point, that point of arrival becomes the next point of departure. So discipline is always something we're growing into. And in Montessori, all discipline is self-discipline. The discipline we're growing toward is making the right choice, even in the presence of sometimes more appealing choices. We also live out discipline as adults in the classroom. We are models of ideal behavior. On a good day, and when we're being our best selves, we're the models of the ideal behavior. We're self-discipline in action. We always walk, even when it feels very appealing to run or take big strides. We use an inside voice, even when we feel we might need to raise our voice because there is broken glass, ladies and gentlemen. We always tuck in our chair. We are the embodiment of self-discipline. 
carrying a tray with two hands, even though we could carry it with one, carrying a chair properly, even though we could carry three or four chairs with ease. We are the self-discipline we hope to impart to the children. We hope to see embodied in the children. Sometimes we have to enforce discipline, aiding a child into sitting the right way on the chair or helping a child remember how to carry something the right way, or holding a child's hand while they walk back across the classroom. Let's walk together. I'm going to hold your hand, and we can do this together. We keep them company. We are the external discipline. While they are still developing the self-discipline, we are the scaffolding, we are the model and we are the support for children to develop self-discipline. Children have knowledge, and children have skills and abilities, and when these things come together, that's called self-discipline. Sometimes we know the right thing to do even when we're not able to do the right thing. Sometimes we can identify when somebody else is not walking across the classroom, or not using that material with care, and we can identify with others, but when we're in that same situation, we're not always acting as our best selves. This is the development of discipline. We know the right thing to do, even when we're not always able to do the right thing ourselves. We help children to grow into self-discipline, to always return things to exactly where they belong on the shelf. And the way we do that is by always correcting things at the end of the day when the children are gone. Even though a child might not have returned the material to the shelf absolutely perfect, did they do it to the best of their abilities? That's an incremental growth of self-discipline. And yet when I do it, I will always put it back exactly the right way it's supposed to be. Are the beans on the tray, but the tray is back where it belongs? This is a two and a half year old who started last week. That is great self-discipline. They didn't leave it on their table. They didn't return it to somewhere strange. They put it back where it was supposed to be. They didn't return it how it was supposed to be, but we're getting there. As opposed to a six-year-old who's moving on to first grade next year is able to tidy the whole shelf, return everything at least as beautifully as I am. That's their level of self-discipline. Discipline is knowing the right thing to do and being able to do it. But young children are still growing into impulse control. They're still able to identify what's the right thing to do. We're not born with a set of rules. We learn the rules from those around us. For a child, everything is, thank you, I needed to know that. Everything is new, everything's always a little bit uncomfortable. And so we're here to help identify the right and the wrong way to do things. And if we live out those right ways to do things, children will grow into them. Discipline is tucking in your chair. However, a child doesn't have a preference on a tucked-in chair versus a chair askew or even tumbled over. All of that is neutral for a child. What 
puts the bias onto the right thing to do, the discipline piece, is that we always tuck in the chair when we get up from the chair. We show a child how to tuck in a chair. We remind a child, oh, what's wrong with your chair? Let's go back and check your chair. Before you get up from the table with something in your hands, before you pick up your work, it's time to tuck in your chair. Every time you get up from the table, it's important to tuck in your chair. We model, we remind, we provide the emphasis, and we encourage these behaviors through our own behavior ourselves. All of these are benefiting a child's growth of discipline. We're not punishing. We're not telling a child, I can't believe you didn't tuck in your chair. They're still learning. That's why they're here. But that doesn't mean it's unimportant or that they're incapable or that this growth of self-discipline isn't a process. They're getting there bit by bit, and we are helping them to get there. We hope this provides a little bit more information on what discipline is and why we speak about it so joyfully, that it's the sense of integrity, that it's walking instead of running, even when your best friend walked into the classroom, that it's the grace of saying, no, please, after you, because you see it modeled again and again, supported and carried out by the older children and the adults in your classroom, that this is modeled and children are very capable of it. It's fostered and reminded. It's lit like a fire, this kindling inside a child, that you are able to identify the right thing and you have the ability to do it yourself. Thanks for listening. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Bondec and email us with comments, questions, and suggestions at hello at bondec.org. Until next time.